the Oklahoma Business Roundtable. This organization promotes new business investment throughout Oklahoma, including funding support for startup, retention, expansion, and attraction of business facilities and operations. Learn more about them at okbusinessroundtable.com. This is the Oklahoma Innovate That Podcast. In each episode, we talk to the scientists, CEOs, inventors, entrepreneurs, and innovators that are helping to make Oklahoma a national leader in science, innovation, and technology. The Innovate That Podcast is a production of OCAST, the Oklahoma Center for the Advancement of Science and Technology. OCAST is the Oklahoma State Agency for Technology-Based Economic Development and is working to move innovative ideas from concept to commercialization. Learn more at ocast.ok.gov. Enjoy this episode of the Oklahoma Innovate That Podcast. Now, here's your host, Oklahoma Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell. Hey everybody, it is Oklahoma Lieutenant Governor Matt Pinnell coming to you with another episode of our OCAST Innovate That Podcast series talking about innovation inside the state of Oklahoma, bringing you great Oklahomans and and today a, a transplant to Oklahoma that we love to tell those stories about what is going on in Oklahoma when it comes to the innovation pipeline that we have here and connecting those dots for listeners There's a lot of amazing things happening here in Oklahoma, and we're wanting to take that story and tell that story to the world. It is no surprise, I'll introduce our speaker here, A.J. Rosenthal. It's certainly no surprise, uh, not a surprising statement that the pandemic has changed all of our lives. And and that is certainly true of our guest today. For A.J., stay-at-home mandates and uncertainty from an unprecedented time led him and two friends to create General Genomics, a biotech firm that has recently made its home in Oklahoma City. So we certainly thank you for that, AJ. General Genomics is creating a bioinformation artificial intelligence platform to help determine a person's susceptibility to disease and how certain treatments might affect their body based on their genetic makeup. This is fascinating stuff to me, and certainly next level in kind of where the world is going. So he's really on the front end of that. AJ is a a native Californian, Navy veteran, thank you for that, with a background in nuclear engineering, 20-year career in various engineering and business development roles, and co-founder and president of, again, General Genomics, and we are glad to have him here today. AJ, thanks for having me here. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it. Got a number of questions for you, but first off, I mean, again, I gave that bio there for just, you know, people wanted to make sure I started off with that bio, but tell us, you know, your backstory of the formation of this company. So the backstory of the company is Warren Geek and I, yes, his last name is Geek. He's Geek. Geek. Oh, I love it. Love he it. was either going to be a data scientist or an engineer, and I think he kind of decided to do both. Yeah, it was set. Uh, <laughs> it was set for him, yes. We had worked together at General Electric years ago. We were up in Calgary, the GE Innovation Center, similar to the GE Innovation Center that's here in Oklahoma City. And his background in artificial intelligence and IoT at the time, Internet of Things, digital twinning, machine learning, kind of gave me the idea when I got asked a question from my son um, when the pandemic happened, whether or not he would be okay with the coronavirus and whether he would survive it. And that conversation was an interesting one when you look a six-year-old in the eyes and say, "Uh, I don't know the answer to that, but... Daddy's going to figure it out. Wow. So I called Warren up and I said, hey, Warren has children. I have Benjamin. And, you know, it was a conversation of what do you think about applying some of those black box algorithms that we had from our days in the oil field or what was going on in the 
aviation industry at the time or medical that he had seen to the human body. And he pretty much had the conversation with me. AJ, somebody must have done that from before. Somebody must have thought about that. And sure enough, that initial conversation happened in February of 2020. March, we were starting to ideate how we would do the business. And by April, we were writing patents. And the patent lawyers just were like, wow, you know, you guys are really on to something. I love it how, yeah, a lot of businesses start out that way. Of course, this has been created somewhere. There has to be a patent here somewhere. And then lo and behold, the patent attorneys say, hey, you're on to something. I, I love it. That's fantastic. So what is bioinformatics? I mean, what, what exactly is that? Or how do you dumb that down for someone to understand? Yeah, The simple term, and one of our investors, uh, family members, said it's like a Carfax for your body. Ah, yeah, I can understand that. Yeah. You know, imagine a blending of sciences. So you have a doctor you normally go see when you're sick or maybe when you have your annual checkup. You have a data scientist that sees the data that the doctor gives you, say it's a blood test or say it's a, an MRI or an X-ray. And then you have an engineer and an engineer kind of sits and stares at, okay, well, if I have a data scientist and I teach them how this machine is built a human. I mean, let me kind of step back for a second. Bioinformatics is determining the difference between us. You and I, as we sit here, we're 99.9% the same. So what makes us different is very small from what makes us the same. Mm. The saying you know, we have is 10 fingers, 10 toes, two eyes and a nose. Yes, there's ears and a mouth in there, but you know, as it pertains to you know, who we are and how we're built, we're the same biological machine. So back to it, when you blend those sciences together, you start seeing how your body exists over time from when you're born to when the the time it is for you to to leave this earth. Hmm. It's a modeling system to try to see that genomically. That's fascinating. Talk a little bit about the importance of your team that you've assembled, their areas of expertise, and that brought this idea together. We always like to talk about teams because, you know, usually not one person. Maybe they came up with the idea, but there's always a team behind them. So originally our team was built in a way where it was a lot of technical pieces to understand very large data sets. So when Warren started putting together how we would do this, he took previous experience from the aviation industry give or take a terabyte of data every time a plane would take off and land. So taking a variant approach to our body, I mean, we're billions of calculations. So when we start doing that, it takes very small nuances to see the differences and the similarities, right? So for us, he had to bring in different folks with AI background, different folks who with machine learning and start building out a system that didn't exist in a space that nobody had ever really played in, in a technology that's kind of around, but it's more like I have a bicycle, but I don't actually have the front tires. I've kind of got a sprocket and maybe a pedal, but I don't have a chain and I don't have any way to steer it. So blending all those together is what we've been working on. You know, gene mapping in in a way, I guess you could say. Kind of. Ours is more understanding relationships. Got it. So mapping is more kind of understanding the pathways. Ours is finding relationships. What types of data do you examine to kind of come to conclusions when, when you're looking at this? So one of the things that we had that was extremely fortunate for us was the Human Genome Project. Ah. So the Human Genome Project found coordinates on our chromosomes that started seeing allele pairs. Kind of take that back a step. It's like a GPS coordinate. I guess that'd be the easiest way to say it. And those kind of data points where we understand where a GPS coordinate is gives us the ability to start seeing over and over again 
where Oklahoma City is if I was in outer space. Right. Or where, you know, Tulsa is if I was in outer space and get there consistently. Here's my lot and my long to get me there. So imagine the data. That was what we actually, you know, had to understand first how to bring it in and then standardize it. Human Genome Project was done over years and years and years. And it's taking, you know, many years to start standardizing this common nomenclature, like an RS value. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, again, the the fact, well, and the fact that you guys put this together so quick too, pretty impressive from from patent to to getting to that data. If the goal is to examine data again it, it, that we're talking about to predict disease or affliction, how much data are we talking about here? I mean, how, how much do you need to start to make these predictions? This is the mind blowing yes, moment. Yes. I don't think there's enough space right now in the server farms in the world to do wow. this where we're at. Yeah. It will take time. For us, as we've done our original data sets here in Oklahoma with OMRF, we've been able to use supercomputers for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, As we get further along, we have to get to quantum. Mm. And to get to quantum, I mean, there isn't much in the United States for that. Other countries, wow. they have some of those capabilities. But for us, you know, that'll be interesting. The amount, though... I mean, it's lots and lots of data centers to make this work. Yeah. So well, we, you know, we've got space, right, to put I, those data centers. I heard. Yeah. And power. There you go. A lot of power. That's right. We got it here in Oklahoma. Are there any data or treatment related success stories or, or breakthroughs that you know that you would like to share? I mean, again, I know you're we're early on here and with your business development, but any stories? So the only one that I think that's Oklahoma related that would be probably the the most valuable and to the audience to teach them what the value of doing business in Oklahoma is. OMRF, I got to tell you, they have, it's excellence that they have. They've been around since 1946. They have data sets that stretch decades, not weeks, not days, decades. Wow. It, that's It's impossible anyplace else in the world. Now, they are very focused on autoimmune. So for us, our first one that we actually looked at and we've had success with is lupus. Yep. Okay. And and I don't know if the audience is really familiar, but it's it's a horrible affliction. Yes. If there's a room with 10 people in it for lupus, nine will be women mm. and one will be a man. Mm-hmm. And when you start understanding the genealogical effect where, you know, where a woman has the potential to give that to her daughter and then to the daughter and the daughter and what that does over time, it's incredible. We were given the opportunity to actually, and only because of OMRF and only because of OCAST. Yeah. That's the only reason that we even got this chance to start figuring out different types of relationships that are in there. And to our credit, Warren and I got given a set and we were able to come up with predictions and we're continuing to work through with OMRF to get us next level. That's really neat. That's great. So if an individual wants to know your findings, you know, based on this health information, I mean, how, how do they participate? So currently as the company stands, our website, curo46.com, C-U-R-O, four six.com okay 23 pair right 23 yes, times 3. I, get it. Okay. I get it yeah, yeah. <laughs> i like it but that website exists and it has a, a survey on there to actually intake people we also have another one that we've done it's a survey around pregnancy and women that are you know in the process of doing that so that's an, another one that we have okay great so let's pivot here real quick again just kind of on um, as far as business development why Oklahoma the company started in Texas what led you to Oklahoma well his, his name is Benjamin yeah okay my son and I live in Edmond I am so fortunate to have the, God gave me a, a boy that you know I get a raise yep Oklahoma is an amazing state. Yes. Um, great sports, family, yeah. the ability to actually take time in the outdoors, yep. enjoy enjoy life. Yep. So he he is what brought myself to Oklahoma. 
OCAST is what's actually brought our company here. Ah, great. There is so much opportunity in this state, and OCAST continues to open doors for us because of that. So tell us a little bit about that. I mean, how, how has OCAST and, and, again, that innovation pipeline helped your business grow? We're glad you're here, but you're right. Once a company's here, there has to be, you know, state resources a lot of times that help you grow. And so tell us a little bit about that. So OCAST, with the help of Secretary Pollard, Amy, Jessica, has given us the opportunity to open doors at both Oklahoma State University and uh, University of Oklahoma. We haven't really broken into the Tulsa market yet, but that's definitely something that's on our radar. At Oklahoma State University, they do have supercomputers up there. We have been able to work with the faculty, Cowboy Innovations, the Tom Love Innovation Hub, OK Catalyst, SCTRs and SBIR, participation and mentorship. Mm -hmm. That doesn't exist in a lot of states. And Oklahoma is prime for, you know, people say put it into high gear. Oklahoma is going to put it into high tech bioinformatics or biotech. Well, I think you're right. As we were talking earlier, I think Oklahoma is kind of ready to go on a run here the next 10 years. Where do you envision? I mean, you know, we talk about the vision of Oklahoma, where Oklahoma is going. You know, what what do you envision, you know, general genomics and, and bioinformatics in Oklahoma in five years? Like, where do you think you guys will be? We like to call it wave a magic wand. Yeah. And uh, let me yeah. let me wave my wand here yeah. for you. I think if we could do this the right way, we rolled out our hub and spoke model. Hub and spoke is the idea of every single spoke can feed into us, whether it's environmental data that we can get from, say, an environmental company, like somebody who's doing air pollution, a supplement company, or your Amazon purchase history, or blood and, um, and different types of analysis that come from a lot of the doctors over here. Each one of those will feed our business, and each one of those, as they feed our business, we feed them back. We get new predictions from their data sets, and we give them new predictions that they can give to their customers that they're working with, they're interfacing with. So for us in five years, if we execute our business plan correctly, we will be working with elderly care facilities, namely um, we're working with currently Bridges Health They have 30-plus elderly care facilities. We really want to help out the older generation as their time keeps going on to give them a higher quality of life. We think if we do a really good job with the government here, the VA is another place for us to actually start coming up with different types of pilots for different types of folks that come through the VA. With OMRF, I mean, breakthroughs of epic proportion. I mean, if we do our job right, the doctors there can literally say, hey, AJ, I want to run a data set on this set I have, on this type of autoimmune disease. And if we do our, our information, I mean, they could write peer-reviewed papers or maybe they'll do a Nobel Peace sure. Prize. That's amazing. It's crazy. Yeah, that's <laughs> amazing. Well, and that's the kind of visions that we want. I mean, those are the kind of visionaries that we want here in Oklahoma. And again, we, we talked about why you chose Oklahoma. You know, if you had to pick one or two areas that we, you know, over the next five to 10 years that, that we need to, and this is kind of the last question here, what are a couple areas that, that we need to be doing better in as a state so that we can be this top 10 state that we all are talking about, you know, kind of where the puck is going, not where it's been. You know, we want to be that next kind of its state, but where's one or two areas that we need to continue to work on? The challenges for states in general, there's a lot of legacy that the coasts are where most innovation happens. So getting past that stigma, it was kind of the first part. We understand with the internet and with supercomputers, we can do it anywhere in the world. So for us, understanding that we need access to very high-speed internet, and especially in the rural communities, that's definitely one. Supercomputers would be something that I know in time the state will be able to either help 
with some of the NIH grants and some of these other grants that are out there to get those into the state, or potentially with investment. Frankly, I'd like to tell you what we think we might be able to do for the state. Yeah. You know, if there's a potential for us to do some type of medical tourism for longevity, where, you know, hey, come to Oklahoma. A, you're going to be able to spend some dollars here. That helps our, our base. You know, we're looking to say, hey, look, we're going to do some bioinformatics on you. I want you to actually go down to um, these different centers that are here. Maybe get an MRI, get a CT scan. We give you a universal electronic medical record that you leave the state with that you go back to, say, your doctor in New York or California and say, hey, look, I went to Oklahoma. They did all of these tests on me, and they told me genomically what type of risks I'm going to be at. Hey, doctor, let's have a conversation. Who did you talk to over there? Oh, those guys? Yeah, I want to work with them. Bingo. Yeah. I love it. That's great. AJ, I can't thank you enough for coming in today, for telling your story. As we, as we talked earlier, we need ambassadors telling the, the rest of Oklahomans and those listening that you can be an entrepreneur here, you can launch ideas here, and you can grow here. And you can grow here because of companies like OCAST and, and our innovation pipeline model that we have in here in Oklahoma that's fairly unique. And I just, I wish you all the best moving forward. And certainly I hope that vision that you have of your company over the next five years is really realized. So thank you for those listening. And uh, we look forward to bringing you another great Oklahoman, whether they were born here or not, next time on our Innovate That podcast.